0: And welcome to Fulcrum Transmissions, a Star Wars podcast. Thank you for joining us this week. Episodes will typically be uploaded every Monday, and any changes to that schedule will be posted on our Twitter and TikTok at Fulcrum Pod and on Instagram at Fulcrum Podcast. So be sure to follow us on any of those for previews and information about upcoming episodes.
1: Hi, my name is Sage. You can find me on TikTok and on Twitter at Sage Syndulla, and my pronouns are she, they.
0: Hi, my name is Claire. Um, my pronouns are she, her, and you can find me on TikTok and on Twitter at Claire Creese.
1: And today we're starting a new series. Um, this series, we're kind of just winging it. We have no idea what's going on, um, but we're going to call it The Ship's Ascendancy. Um, and that is because Mel gave us the idea to call it that. Mel from RuPalps Padres, shout out to you, bestie. You're awesome. Um, yeah, basically, we're coming to the table to talk about some of our favorite Star Wars ships. Um, There's no rules, canon, headcanon, time period. It doesn't matter. If we need to go through the world between worlds to make something happen, we might. Um, And then we're gonna play a little game at the end of each episode of the series. Um, No spoilers though. So you're gonna have to listen to the end to find out what it is. Um, Yeah, anyways star wars is full of romance and love um which is so funny because every time i go on to TikTok and i'm like wow look at these two characters they're so gay everyone's like there is no love and romance in star wars and i'm like what are you talking about what are you talking about because if i recall literally every bad thing actually literally everything in general that has happened in the star wars canon um minus the high republic has happened because Anakin Skywalker fell in love with Padme Amidala. Let's just let that sink in for a minute. Like, yeah, it's anyway.
0: either there is no romance in Star Wars or Star Wars is a political. And I'm like, mm-hmm. so the pre, like the prequels, the originals. So like literally the everything. Anything,
1: literally the Star War. <laughs> but anyways back to original, I was going to say back to our regularly scheduled programming, but like I feel like that is very much a regular scheduled yeah. programming. Um, Anyways, back to our ship episode. I'm going to be talking about my, <laughs> one of my favorite ships that doesn't exist because, and I made it up, and also I am the only person who's ever written fan fiction about it and it's on AO3, so you should go read it. Um, it's called The Song of Twin Sons. I'm going to be talking about my favorite gay couple other than Rala Sola, um, Trilla and Ahsoka. Trill Soka, if you will. Love them so much and they're my favorite thing ever. Claire, what are you bringing to the table? Have you decided?
0: <laughs> yes, I have. And the reason why is okay, so I was choosing between Kalizeb and Quinlan and Ventress. But we did do a Girl Boss of the Week episode on Ventures. We did also do a Callus episode once too, though. But uh, but anyway, I feel like we talked a lot about Quinlan Adventures in that episode, and we've also talked a lot about Quinlan Boss just just in general, general and during Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah. Um, so go listen to those if you want to hear about them. So I am bringing Calusab, um, gay icons. We love them so much. The honorable ones, literally, like. Inventing like if you did enemies to lovers before that you did not mm-hmm. they exactly it. um so yeah I had to bring the literal blueprint for enemies to lovers Kallus and said
1: oh yeah and I forgot to say that each episode we're gonna have a theme <laughs> um <laughs> thanks for reminding me this episode's theme is enemies to lovers um and that's why I'm bringing Trill Ahsoka and Claire's bringing Calizep. First of all, enemies to lovers, what, what a trope. What a trope. It is very rarely done in a way that is respectful to both characters um, <laughs> or respectful to um, certain things in general, especially when it's done in Star Wars. And this is not a call out on any book in Star Wars. Obviously, I would never do that because that's not who I am. Um, I'm lying, of course. That is exactly who I am. Anyways, Trilla Soka. What a great couple. Um, so I mean, I'm going to be talking about how they exist in my head, right? Because if you think about it, they're probably around the same age. Yeah, Trilla Siduri, if you don't know who it is, um, she's a Pada- she was a Padawan during the Clone Wars. She's from the uh, video game Jedi Fallen Order. So excited for the sequel. However, if she's not in it, maybe I won't play it, um, but I'm toxic like that. So, you know, that's no surprise there. I think that Trilla's story, because she is an inquisitor, she becomes an inquisitor after the uh, the Jedi purge. Um, and by saying becomes an inquisitor, I mean that she was literally like tortured to the brink of death until she basically became complicit. Um, but her story is so interesting. And her arc in Jedi Fallen Order is one that I think, is very rarely done well in Star Wars. She be, she doesn't get necessarily redeemed at all. However, she, at the end of um, Jedi Fallen Order, has a moment of atonement. Uh, I won't get into any further than that because spoilers, but um, in my brain, the events that happened at the end of Jedi Fallen Order did not happen. And I won't say what, what it is, but just know that in, in the fulcrum transmissions canon, um, it didn't happen actually. So uh, she moves past those events. She's like 25 maybe. It's like, hmm, I'd say it's around the time of like a new dawn, Thrawn 2017, like that era of of the reign of the empire. And what is Ahsoka Tano during this doing during this time? She is, she's fulcrum. She's working with the rebellion. She is girl bossing. We love her. Um, and she has pretty much removed herself from her what she thought of the Jedi in the past when the Jedi Order was still, you know, happening um, before the purge. I think that this era is some is a time where Ahsoka's character is just not explored at all because we have the Ahsoka novel and then there's a huge gap um, of her character until Rebels, which takes place I think 14 years after the Ahsoka novel, um, and that's a long time. So right in the middle of that era of those 14 years, we have a um, Inquisitor Tressituri. She is the second sister uh love her so much obviously and i'm going to be saying that a lot this episode because we haven't talked about her in a while um and it she's like drugs like i need to keep doing them <laughs> um <laughs> anyways it's going off to a great start already um ahsoka tano is yes fulcrum she's not doing her like typical jedi thing she's not whipping around her lightsabers very often um, she's pretty much under the radar completely, as most Jedi are. However, say something comes along, she's in the field for some reason, like she is sometimes in Rebels on accident, um, and then, and then you know, who is hunting her but an Inquisitor, maybe the second sister, because she's the best one. Obviously, she's the second sister, um, and if you've played Fallen Order, you know how actually insane she is and how difficult it is to fight her um and I think that had the the video game not had such a you know obsession with Cal Kestis, and I mean I I mean of course he's the main character but like why like when you had Trilisidori right there you could not have just been like oh maybe she's so much better than Cal Kestis. um no hate to Cal Kestis. love him so much um I'm just gay. So, anyways, Trilla's character is the antithesis to a Segatono because while they're both very level headed, I'd say they're they use their brains over their emotions, both of them, because they were raised, they were both raised in the Jedi order maybe they met before you know the purge I don't know maybe they did once and Trilla instantly fell in love with Ahsoka um and then maybe recognized her a little bit afterwards um when they met again when Trilla was hunting Ahsoka I know I'm saying this like it's all canon because it is but it is, yeah because it is um the fulgur and... transmissions canon is real exactly the Fulcrum transmissions canon it expands every episode. It's we like can-
0: legends but better, right? It's like <laughs> re-
1: legends but better because it's not written by Karen Travis.
0: <laughs> That's what I have to say because <laughs> Karen Travis is not a part of it. <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> back on topic here. Um,
1: yeah, so I think their enemies to lovers is really great because, first of all. Um, I love a story about somebody like literally hunting somebody down and like going to kill them and then being like, wait, maybe you're okay. Right. That's, that's kind of how most stories go. This one's different though, because it's not like, maybe you're okay. It's her going, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I can actually get out of this hellhole that is the Inquisitorious and get away from Darth Vader. Through the help of another ex Jedi, who is Ahsoka Tano, and also maybe in in that um, same vein, I will I will fall in love with her and will be gay lovers. Um, this all came into my head very a very long time ago, much much before um, the Kenobi series came out. So you can imagine my excitement when Riva, who was the third sister literally found her way of an escape from darth vader in the quiz in the inquisitorius through another ex-jedi obi-wan kenobi um because he basically showed her compassion and forgiveness um and and led her to find a way to um atone for the actions that she did when she was basically forced to you know hunt down jedi and kill them i say that she was basically forced because she literally was and i feel like that's something um that people don't really understand uh we talk a lot about girl bosses and evil girl bosses on this podcast and how they don't really get a choice um in a lot of things and that doesn't mean that they didn't do them right that doesn't mean like because like trilla sure she was under control of the empire literally like if she strayed from them even a little bit if she didn't do exactly what vader told her to she would die um she would get killed very Awfully and painfully, um, and you know, self preservation. It's it's important. We all go through it. We're all human. Uh, that doesn't mean she didn't do it, right? That doesn't mean she didn't kill people. Um, and I think she knows that. I think she knows that, uh, especially. And that's actually textual evidence that she definitely knows that because her last line in Jedi Fallen Order does does kind of prove a point. Um, anyways. Points were made in that video game. If you haven't played Jedi Fallen Order, get on that because points are made. Um, Anyways, I think that to start off, this was a long starting off conversation, but um, they're very cool, Ahsoka and Trilla. And I'm gonna convert everyone who's listening to ship them and to also go read The Song of Twin Sons, which is an unfinished fic, and I probably will never finish it, but what is out? Masterpiece. I was rereading it today and I was like, wow, I've never written anything better than this in my life. And like writing is literally what I'm gonna do with my career. So, (laughs) anyways, uh, if anyone at Lucasfilm wants to hire another writer, go hit up my AO3. (laughs) Go check
0: it out. Yeah, I think Trello and Ahsoka is so slave for exactly the reason you said, like this whole concept of like a former Jedi, like turned inquisitor sort of being brought back to the light by another Jedi is very Yoss and Slay and like okay, even better if they're both women and they're in love with each other and they're gay. Um, <laughs> like that's just the cherry on top. No um, unfortunately though, we do have a little bit of a canon discrepancy in the Fulcrum Transitions canon though, okay. because Ahsoka Tan is actually in a committed relationship at this time period. Um, so we'll have to figure that out, you know, we have to, like, figure th- out what's going on here. I
1: thought that, I thought that Ahsoka Tano's committed relationship happened after the Battle of Endor.
0: No. That is no? Not- okay. Maybe, well, it's complicated. Okay, we can't get okay. into it. Maybe we'll release a Fulcrum Transmissions canon timeline. At um, some point. For all the listeners. Okay, like, that's I a good That Star Wars would do. Or like I don't know mm-hmm. Mandalore but anyway
1: um, <laughs> <laughs> no be careful what life. you wish for Claire because that canon Mandalorian lore timeline that might come out in the near future might be written by Jon Favreau so oh. let's
0: just let's mm-hmm. just be careful with what we say. It's gonna be like and then in this year Bogtan messed everything up and ruined everything mm-hmm. and was a villain and the worst person ever and lost all her belief anyway um so so beside the point but my original point was that we will be looking into publishing a fulcrum transmission star wars canon timeline um just okay. so that everyone knows like what's going on um but no i do really think that like ahsoka and thriller are very like opposites in like their stories especially obviously after Order 66, because they go in very different directions. But I think the idea of them sort of like circling around and like coming, and again, it's even better if they had like known each other when they were in the Jedi Order, at least like met a couple times, because the idea of them like going off on these two completely different paths and then like they end up running into each other again through however, whatever happens with them. And then they're like, hmm, what if we kissed? What if we Mm kissed? And then Trilla you came and worked for the rebellion and maybe also like they could be fulcrum agents together that would be so slight imagine being a fulcrum agent with your girlfriend oh my god (laughs) goals literally (laughs) is my dream for real (laughs) okay but this time it's not just me being like everyone needs to become a fulcrum agent it actually makes canonical sense
1: no it totally does you're so right um, adding it to the the, the canon timeline. Um, <laughs> I think also something about say, you know, Trilla, she revokes her ways of being an inquisitor um through the help of Ahsoka, pretty much getting her away from the Inquisitorius, um, which would be very difficult, I think. Uh, and it's something that I haven't written yet, um, but it will happen eventually. <laughs> um, and but post Trilla leaving the Inquisitorius, I think something that is very interesting is the old Master and Apprentice relationships that each of them had with their Masters during the Clone Wars because Seer and Trilla were very close as um Padawan and Master, and obviously we know that Anakin and Ahsoka were also very close. However, Ahsoka does not know that Anakin is Vader for until Rebels, basically. And this all happens before Rebels. Trilla has gone through her betrayal era. She knows how it feels to be betrayed by um, her master, by her parental figure. And obviously, the situations are very, very different. However, Seer did turn to the dark side she turned to the dark side and used the the dark side of the force to basically free herself from the fortress inquisitorius and in the process left trilla behind um to i would say to die but really i think she knew I, they knew what happened to the in, the inquisitors the people who were brought there being basically a slave to the Empire, to Darth Vader, and killing your own people, Um, which is a fate worse than death. Um, And those are my words, actually. Those are the Grand Inquisitor's words uh, when he literally dies in Rebels. Spoilers for Star Wars Rebels. Um, But yeah, the Grand Inquisitor dies there. Um, So we know that about them. We know that that's their mentality, basically. And um, because it's just true, being an Inquisitor is hell on Earth. and so, you know, that's a pretty hefty betrayal. That is a pretty hard thing to go through. And I hold nothing over Sarah. I Maybe I wouldn't have done the same thing, but I understand where she's coming from, you know? She's not the villain in this story, unlike Darth Vader, who is literally the villain of the story. Um, but I think, nevertheless... Ahsoka finding out that Anakin is Vader, that betrayal would weigh so heavy on her. And I wish we got to explore it a little bit more. Um, But, you know, people made decisions um, and didn't. And so uh, I think that having Trilla be like, oh, I get this. I get this. I know what you're going through Um, and kind of helping Ahsoka work through the trauma of finding that out and, you know, kind of rethinking her entire life, because suddenly your master, the person who literally trained you and raised you, being a dark lord of the Sith, that has some, that has some mental impact, that has to, Um, and I would really enjoy seeing, you know, in the Fulcrum Transmissions canon, Trilla kind of helping her through that, Um, that's just something I love about them, something that I love about their They're dynamic. I love that I'm literally talking about this like it actually happened.
0: People are gonna listen to this and miss the part where we said it's not actually canon and like think this happened. Mm
1: -hmm. They're gonna be like, hey, what comic was this in? Who's it by? It's by me.
0: (laughs) It's 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 by me.
1: I wrote it. Go look it up.
0: It's on (laughs) Wikipedia. So it must be true. I can't. No, I literally, when you were talking, I was like, oh my god, wouldn't it be, like, so cool if Trilla showed up in the Ahsoka series? And then I had to literally remind myself that that- yeah. that, that is not
1: possible. But, like, what if? But, like, the world between worlds exactly. is literally- conform- I know, like,
0: uh, the show is literally about the world between exactly. worlds where Ahsoka has been, so she can go yeah. back and see Trilla. hmm you
1: know what I'm going to do after this? I'm literally going gonna, gonna to get, while I have mental illness, I'm going to get this scene, record the scene of um,
0: Ahsoka walking through the world between worlds and rebels, and I'm going to put the little scene in the circle window where where is talking
1: to Cal. Oh my gosh, so true of me to do. And then I'm going to be like, guys, this actually happened. I'm going to gaslight all of Star Wars TikTok into believing that that happened. I think you should I think it's a good idea the idea though of seeing Trilla in Rebels animation normally I don't hate Rebels animation but that would literally make me so upset
0: yeah um I'm not gonna talk about what happened to Bo-Katan Kreeze in Rebels yeah. and I really don't I I like it better than most people I feel like and I don't that was like why does she look like that yeah <gasps> So no hard I- to be in love with her during times like this I just had a thought, Trilla in Bad Batch season two. Okay, because we yeah. know Gunji's gonna be there. Stop, no get. Okay, love you, Trilla, but get Trilla away from Gunji. <laughs> oh no, it's gonna happen. Oh my gosh, in the Song of
1: Twin Sons, you know my Canon Star Wars novel. That I wrote. <laughs> um, um, Omega is in it. Her and um,
0: have you read it? Maybe like a long time ago. Like okay. wait. When... Maybe you're adding yourself as a fake Sage fan. But, okay, no, um, because I remember when you were first posting it, but I hadn't like didn't know anything about Fallen Order at the time.
1: So oh, I okay.
0: know if I just read it anyway, or if I was like, oh, I'll read it after I like play Fallen Order.
1: No, Cheer
0: Cheerie's in it. Um <laughs> Aww. and Omega are in it and they fall in love because they're literally the same like, age. Isn't okay, that crazy? Um but where is Miara Lardy though? Because she's also the same age as them, and this feels like is a- she? No,
1: how old is Miara in the Ahsoka novel? Is
0: 14? she eleven? She's fourteen. She's, well, she's not the age, but she's close. Because I did publish a fan fiction in which Miara and Omega like got together after the entire rest of the Bad Batch died. <laughs> oh my- <laughs> Maybe I should finish that. Anyway.
1: <laughs> We're not adding that to the Fulcrum Transmissions canon.
0: Uh, no. I want it. Miara and Omega would be so slay. But she's literally
1: married to Cherry. What if there's a polycule? Okay, but Shia lacoin is
0: also there. <laughs> okay. It's just a large polycule.
1: Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> I have an entire novel planned out in my head um for like a Shia Laquan story. I would read like, it. I it's if I have to if I get to ever have the the opportunity to pitch anything to to Lucasfilm Publishing, it's gonna be a young adult novel about Shia Queen. <laughs> so true though. I'm obsessed with her. Anyways,
0: um yeah do you want to move on to Calizeb? Okay, so I feel like I don't have to give that much context, because, like, they're canon-adjacent. They're, they're, they're basically, they're as close to canon as, like, they're gonna get, you know? Any
1: on-screen gay couple, they are as close to canon. Exactly,
0: yeah. Um, so, but for a little bit of context, so basically, obviously, at the start of Rebels, spoilers for Rebels, but, like, if you haven't watched Rebels and you've been listening to our podcast like
1: there's literally no way
0: yeah (laughs) um so obviously Calus starts out as an imperial not slave him we do not stand. um and Zeb starts out as an icon and stays one throughout the entire series so true um but then there's this fun little episode called the honorable ones Um, which is, like, literally one of the best pieces of fictional media ever created, like, just in general, Um, and so what happens is they get stuck on this, like, ice moon together, and then they have to, like, cooperate to not die, and then, okay, it's literally, like, every enemies to lovers trope you could think of is in that episode, like, they literally have, like, the only one bed trope where they have to like huddle around that little oh, exactly drop. are you joking um, it's,
1: it's only one bed except the bed is like a lantern and the floor the, is like a giant monster that will eat them
0: exactly and they have to like carry each other to like get out of. it's it's like i can't you just have to go it's so hurt it. comfort like what are you doing here um but yeah, it's literally crazy. And then at the end of the episode, they're like, okay, we didn't kill each other, Slay. And then Callus like goes back to his like imperial, I don't even want to call it a bedroom because it's literally just like a metal block in an empty room. Um okay, anyway, and he brings that little like rock thing that they were using for warmth and like puts it on his shelf and he's like all sad. And I'm like, you're in love. You're in love with Gareth Zavarellios. Um as you should tell us and then after that he literally becomes a fulcrum agent which is like so slay of him oh my god our theme this week is fulcrum (laughs) you're so right you're so right um and so he becomes a fulcrum agent and then like defects from the empire um once again so slay of him wish they would do more redemption arcs like that and not like some other things um and then him and zeb fall in love and then zeb literally because okay going back a bit also um zeb is a lasat obviously and like um almost all the lasad he ends up finding a couple there has got like killed off by the empire and callus was involved and so at the beginning callus is like haha like i i was there when the lasad died but then like they it's like a whole thing across the series once again like just go watch it. Like, I, I can't explain it better than you just have to go watch it. Um, but then at the end, Zeb takes Callus back to lyra and, like, shows him the other Lasats that survived and then they, like, literally move in together. Like, hello? This is so... They're literally dating. They're literally, like, a married couple. I can't wait for them to show up in the Ahsoka series and be like, yeah, we're married and we've been married for, like, however many years are in between them that I can't remember at this time. Um, (laughs) But yeah, they literally like move in together after the war. Um, And it's just, mm, I feel like it's just because both of their individual character arcs are like so well done and obviously are like very intertwined. But I'm like, if you didn't want me to think that they're gay and in love, like, why would you write it like that? Like, I don't understand. And I think Dave Filoni was even like, yeah, they love each other. It's up to like the audience to interpret what way. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm interpreting it as they are gay. So, thank you for that. That's how I'm interpreting it. And it's how everyone should be interpreting it. Not to tell you how to consume media, but like I'm telling you that they're in love. Um but yeah, they're just very slay, and if we never see them together again, I will not be okay actually. So, ahsoka series let's let's get on that so the entire time we were just talking (laughs) um um, i got reminded (laughs) when we started talking about kallisem i got reminded of this incredible fan fiction that i once read and so i just went on to ao 3 and started rereading it
1: um and (laughs) okay i'm gonna read you this entire passage actually (laughs) he wasn't insistent about it as i thought he would be it was like he believed that i was doing it just for him and getting nothing out of this so i showed him how much i wanted to grabbing him for a kiss every time we had the privacy to do so he trembled in my arms after that and when he and when he sighed my name i wondered why it sounded so differently when he pronounced it he said it with the same mystical halo he had to fight and meditate it was like a solemn thing of prayer i didn't dare put a name to the, my feeling right then but i knew that if i ever had to hold on to a beautiful memory in a moment of darkness it would be these moments with him pressed against me and whispering my name in the dark this is
0: a din luke fic i should have known din luke writers are off the shits like okay. Okay, but wait, it gets better. This is a Din
1: Luke song of Achilles AU. (laughs) What if I am literally sweating? I'm shaking, crying, and throwing up right now because this is the best fanfic I'd ever have read in my entire life. What is it called? I have to see what it's called. Oh, it's called The Song of the Boy from the Stars. Are you joking? It's so good. It's so good. It's literally one of the best things I've ever. I don't think I finished it. Like, this is gonna this is a treat for me because I am going to finish reading it after this. But you, you talking about the honorable ones and how it is literally like so perfectly written, so perfectly um gay. I was like, oh my gosh, this reminds me of that one fanfic that I read about <laughs> the song of Achilles, Tim you. Doesn't that that literally sounds like a passage from the song? Have you read the song of Achilles? Claire, I I'm not okay with that right now. Um, I think that was the most off topic we've ever gotten, and and by me we I mean me. Like I literally was all my fault. Um, anyway, just that I think just that I'd bring up that little silly fanfic. Um, anyways, if you're looking for gay Star Wars fanfics, read that one. It's so <laughs> good. Anyways, my thoughts on Calizem literally obsessed with them um their story is so like one it's so inherently gay like Mm -hmm. it really is they have to like first of all kind of like hide their feelings anytime someone has to hide their feelings it's gay I'm sorry it just is um (laughs) and also (sighs) do I have like do I need to say it because I know I don't but I feel like this is a good story of this is a story of a um, someone in the rebellion and being in love with someone in the empire done the right way.
0: Um, Once again, the key difference here mm-hmm. is that he leaves the empire before they are in love. like like maybe there were feelings during the honorable ones, but they're not like. Right in a committed relationship until after he's left the empire because i know that zeb was like um leave the empire first and then maybe i'll think about going out with you like uh-huh. that hot dialogue from the end of the honorable ones where callous was like so do you want to like go out and zeb was like you're literally a fascist and callous yeah. was like hmm maybe mm. i shouldn't be doing that and then he like actually put in the work Uh better and wasn't just like oh yeah you're right I'm done with that because you asked me to no
1: yeah exactly no (laughs) so so the thing is the thing is with callus and Zeb is that callus is like wow I am wrong and the empire is bad and I shouldn't stay with the empire because they're bad anyways um I am not slandering any Star Wars project in particular. No, I would literally never do that. I've never done that on this podcast ever, and I never will, um, especially not right now. the The thing about Callus and Zeb and why it works is because Ka- Zeb was one of Ka- of Callus's victims, right? One of them, um, and also his entire people, the Lassads were victimized by Calus. Almost all of them are extinct, and Calus had a hand in that. And um, it's really, imp- it was really important to see on screen for them to say it out loud that Calus has put the work in to not only renounce the empire, because how hard is that really to say that the empire is bad and that you shouldn't be a part of it? Um, but also putting in the work to to um, make things better for the rebellion to actively be an anti-fascist and you know that is exactly what he was doing by not only joining the rebellion but he was a spy for for the rebellion while he was still in the empire he was a fulcrum um, agent and because of the things that he did, he saved m- a multitude of lives
0: um uh, I think it's also an interesting like situation for him because rather than him being like, okay, yeah, the empire is bad. I don't want to be a part of that anymore. So I'm gonna leave and like show up at the rebellion and be like, hey, I want to help. He used his position within the empire and he was already like in a position of power within the empire to not just like, turn against them but to like literally become a spy for the rebellion and become a fulcrum agent and like still be like on the inside and be able to give them like very valuable information and also like there's like moments like when Sabine is at the fighter academy and he's like oh like go that way and like stuff like that where he's like helping them from the inside so like having him as a man on the inside was more valuable to them than like had he just showed up and asked to fight for them. Um, and so I think it's slightly different than like some other times when we see like Imperial defectors or just like in general, like redemption stories where he was like, "Mm, I'm, I'm like in a unique position. Like I'm not just some like random Imperial, like I actually like have some authority. So maybe I can use that to like really make a difference. Um, and also the fact that like like, I mean, they don't say exactly when he became a fulcrum agent, but it's made pretty clear that, like, pretty much right after the honorable ones, he was, like, okay, let me, let me figure out what I can be doing, and, like, started taking steps. It wasn't, like, oh, this happened, but, like, eh, maybe the Empire is still not so bad, and, like, a year later, he was, like, no, actually, I shouldn't be supporting the Empire. Like, it was a very, like, immediate thing. Like, once he was given an opportunity to, like, do something, he did it.
1: Yeah. Um the difference between kalizeb and Siana and Thane Kyrell is um the fact that there's a line in um Lost Stars and I haven't read it in like 2 years so it might not be exact but the gist of it is Siana is saying um that there are good people in the empire and that the only way to make things better the ba- make the bad things better are to stick with it and make sure sure you're one of the good ones what does that literally sound like no it's okay one just doesn't make sense two when we're talking about callus he he like you said was like from day one was like oh i am wrong and i need to fix this and use his position of power his privilege that the other people in the rebellion had no way of getting there was no way anyone we see like sabine infiltrate the the empire right and it's like and but she immediately gets caught like right it's like one episode at last we see it the same with ezra he goes into be an imperial cadet but it doesn't last long right because they are not already people who are in the empire whereas callus realizes i can actually do things from the inside because i have so much power within with, with if being an isb agent and I can help the cause through this way. It's not just, he's not just like, oh, I'll be one of the good ones.
0: Also, like, the Empire is literally a fascist organization. It's never going to be good. And no one in the Empire's intention is for it to be good, especially, like, higher up people. Like, Palpatine is not sitting on his throne being like, how can I do right by the people of the galaxy? No, he's like, (laughs) I will actively oppress people and use power to get what I want all the time like it's literally not girly that's not no absolutely not I can't no there's another line in Lost Stars I don't know if some I don't I think it's I like I don't know if it's like someone says it or if it's like internal monologue but it's something along the lines of like it's fine if you love someone on the other side as long as you love what you're fighting for more and I'm like But that doesn't apply here. That doesn't apply. No. Literally a fashion. No. Anyway. But what you're saying about Callus made me actually think of a line from the Andor trailer that like literally gave me chill. Okay. There's two lines from the Andor trailer that give me chills. One of them was Mon Mothma being like, if they think I'm just an irritation, then they'll miss what I'm really doing. So true. (sighs) But the other one that's actually relevant (laughs) is when Cassian is like, they can't imagine that someone like me would ever get inside their house are you the kidding me line? because it's so true like literally and especially when you're dealing with like a lot of like the main characters of rebels and like people that are helping the rebellion are non-humans and we know that the empire doesn't like non-humans like that's their whole thing and it's like in multiple novels i mean like thrawn 2017 is someone that always comes to mind for me because the big thing of like he's a non-human and a lot of people are like hmm why do, do you outrank me example. a human? Um, And it's, like, kind of that same concept. And Callus is a human in a position of power within the Empire. And he's, like, hmm, maybe rather than just, like, like, dipping and being, like, hey, I'm here to help. What can I do? And also, like, you think anyone was going to be, like, oh, my God, hey, welcome, if he just, like, showed up and was, like, yeah, I'm here to help. Absolutely not. They would have been, like, no, you're here to spy on us. Like, get out of here. But the fact that he literally was, like, I'm going to put myself at risk by like sending you guys information that was like repeatedly useful. So that by the time he revealed himself to be fulcrum and like, obviously there's still a bit of distrust, like he could be lying, whatever. But like once they had established that he was fulcrum, they're like, okay, you literally like put your own life on the line to get us this information that has allowed us to help so many people. Um, and that's why they're so like accepting of him in season four and how they like, welcome on him onto the ghost and like he's there on Yavin 4 and like all this stuff because like he already proved that he was willing to like like risk his own life and also like really put in the effort and the work that it requires to like go from being an Imperial and an ISB agent to a rebel and he like did that. And so that is why this is getting back to callism which is actually what we're talking about. Um, that's why I think their relationship works and, like, I just, okay, I just have to say it. This is our Enemies to Lovers episode and we all know that every Star Wars fan, well, not every, but, like, a lot, love to be like, oh, look, like, Raylo is such good, like, Enemies to Lovers, like, I love them so much. Raylo wishes they had what Kalos have had. Like, literally, yeah. Ben Solo is screaming, crying, throwing up when he hears about callas Like, that could never be him. And I think the big difference there is, like, well, there's so many. Right. And, like, kind of boils down to, like, Ben Solo just sucks. But anyway, mm. i so mean, but, like. Wow,
1: yeah. we're really getting controversial. On that, the okay, panel. I
0: don't even, like, hate Ben Solo's character. I just am, like, he's not a good dude. Like, uh, that's the whole point. But, like, tr- the, trying to frame it as, like, oh, at the very end, he decided to show up and, like, save this girl that he likes okay but like when did he actually do anything and then he literally dies before he can like face the consequences of his actions but like literally okay. it's not like she's like hey bestie I know you're Ben Solo I know there's conflict in you come with me which she does do but then instead of being like oh my god you're so right he's like you should join me and we should rule the galaxy together and then after she says no is when he's like fine I guess I'll like save your life and help you feel Palpatine like, there's never a point where he's like, mm, no, actually, the Empire is bad. It like literally is never about that. It's always just about Rey. And like, so, yeah. like, she is so slay. I would do anything for her, also. But like, mm, that's not a redemption arc. That's just I, weird. Mm-hmm. I um, think. Anyway, so yeah, if we're talking about Star Wars Enemies to Lovers, it's not Reylo. It's Kalizev.
1: I think something along the lines of, of Reylo and Ben Solo and the. Ben- enemies to lovers there is really just like kylo ren slash ben Solo. he's never doing anything to not only repent but also just like take down the first order and palpatine because he thinks it's bad it's never. it's not because of that it's really because he realizes oh i love ray which is something that he wants. He wants, right? That's just another thing he wants. At first he wanted power and blah blah, blah. he has a whole back sorry, I don't care. I don't care. Um sorry, sorry that there was a little guy talking in your head the whole time. Sorry you have mommy issues. It's really not my problem. Um but the thing is is like he really was like, "Oh, I want power and I want to blah 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 first order stuff okay maybe I don't want that anymore because I want Ray and so now I'm gonna help her and because someone's hurting her now I can also help in order to make myself a better person tell me how that works actually because I don't think it does because I don't think
0: it does it's also like I mean, he already, when he starts out, he's like arguably like the second most powerful person in the entire First Order. But once Snoke is dead, he's literally in charge of everything. So Uh he doesn't even have the argument that like, for some characters, people are like, oh, well, you can't just like walk away from the Empire. Like, but he could. Mm -hmm. He literally is in charge. And he has not just Rey, but like literally Leia is his mother and is the leader of the resistance. Like he, don't tell me it would have been hard for him to, like, renounce the First Order the second Snoke died, which he literally was given an opportunity to and chose not to, which is, like, a writing decision, but then it doesn't, like, then he can't be, he can't have, like, a redemption arc, a movie later, and be, like, oh, enemies to lovers, they're so cute. No. No. No.
1: And this is no hate to, like, Raylo shippers in general. Like, I think that a lot of, like, the Raylo that is good is written in fan fiction. Mm-hmm. Because there is, you know, there's like people who ship Raylo. So true of you. Like, if that's okay, but like I don't see a lot of the the Raylo, sh- the problem is the Raylo shippers who are like, Ben Sola never did anything wrong. Oh, he's a poor little Meow Meow. Oh my God, he's literally not, you guys. He really is not. Um, anyways, the point is they're not enemies, they're not good enemies lovers. They're really not. You know who is a good enemy to lovers, though? Trilla and Ahsoka. <laughs> they really... they, God, Reylo wishes they were Trill Soka. Like, truly wishes. I think we're going to get cancelled for this episode, to be honest.
0: I can't like, after shading them for 20 minutes, I'm not going to be like, no shade, though. But, like, I actually like Ben Solo as a character. Like, Ben Solo slash Kylo Ren. I, but, like, as a villain... It's fine. I just felt like I had to bring it up because <laughs> I know when people think enemies cellovers in Star Wars, they're like Raylo, no. Talisab and Trul only. Exactly. Stop that to Quinlan Adventures. Yeah.
1: There are honorable mentions. Like
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> you know actually, who else is an honorable mention? Who I'm sure we'll bring up at another point in another trope. Um, Thaley Macro. Yeah, absolutely. Uh if you haven't read the Chis Ascendancy series. There's no way you haven't if you've listened to this podcast because we talk about it all the time. Um but the of Sentinel series has an actually one of the best written romantic stories literally ever. And I don't even think it's romantic to be honest. Like it's I think it's really like,
0: like I think they're you, really not canon. No, but, like they are. They,
1: are they? Are they though? Because I think if you asked Timothy Zahn, he'd be like, What? No, they're just no, friends.
0: No but lead. then he
1: also is the same person who wrote Eli Vanto and in, in Mithron Roto as little boyfriends. Like you, like you can't be like, oh Timothy Zahn, how tell me about all these romantic characters in your book, all these ships in your book. He'd be like, There are literally no ships in my book at all. Except for like the Chimera. Except for
0: Yomi and her. Okay, I'm sorry. No! No, okay. You know what I was gonna say though. You know what I was totally gonna say though. We, I cannot believe we've had this whole conversation and we forgot the true peak enemies to lovers in Star Wars, which is Therpian and Zestalmu. Like, so They had what? You know what? You're
1: Zestalmu. so incredibly right. We should scrap this entire episode and just talk about Zestalmu and Therpian. They're really great
0: put these on because, like they're just so they're they're not good they're never supposed to be good they're so toxic but like mm-hmm. it's fine but it's fine because it's so it's so good like i hate them but like i love that they had an affair <laughs>
1: <laughs> literally c- hey alexa cue illicit affairs by taylor swift
0: they literally said <laughs> meeting so- in one of their conversations in lesser evil and i was like i can't believe taylor swift wrote illicit affairs about their units of style movie
1: <laughs> i really is okay what is what is folklore if not <laughs> so, what is folklore if not the chis ascendancy book series the throne ascendancy book series like i could i could give you and something for every single one of The songs in the album, I could give you a a plot point of the Chis
0: Ascendancy series. Okay, hear me out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm crying. Okay. Thrawn is James. Okay. I hate where this is going. And Melissa is is Betty. anyway thank you so much for listening (laughs) i'm losing it
1: i am losing it
0: anyway um (laughs) any final thoughts about wait who is thalia's in this situation though
1: see the thing okay okay the thrawn ascendancy series is folklore but the thrawn original series thrawn 2017 alliances and treason is evermore
0: No, because, like, what is Cowboy Like Me if not about Eli Vanto? No, exactly! You get it. You literally get it. (laughs) Anyway. Mm -hmm. um, Stan Calisav and Trollsoca.
1: So true. Stay Um, tuned for next week's episode when we
0: have another trope for the Ship Ascendancy series that we're starting. If you have trope requests, send them our way. (laughs) Maybe we'll do them. I don't want to commit to anything because there's some weird tropes out there, and I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna promise anything that I can't uphold.
1: Welcome to our newest game of Guess Who? We have done higher Republic Guess Who, Clone Wars Guess Who. Now we're doing something a little bit different. Um, we're doing some random Star Wars characters that I picked out um, from Google, and I just put them. Um, in a, little, in a little file and basically we're going to be playing guess who and the two characters that we end up with that we choose because we don't know who each other picks they're going to be a couple so cute oh my gosh now there's some very interesting combinations in here so i'm really excited to see what happens um okay choose your character so if I'm at, if I am at the lesbian bar, is this character there?
0: No. You know what? I'll just go with this simple question. Would you kiss your character on the mouth? Yes. Okay. <laughs> He's so aggressive, <laughs> but like some of these people need to go. <laughs> oh my God. The thing is that there are these, some of these people that I think maybe you would kiss on the mouth and it's like kind of concerning, but.
1: Okay. Insulting. Jeez
0: Louise. What was that face <laughs> for? you said yes really quick so i'm gonna take some of these out dang that really didn't eliminate that many okay anyway <laughs> i this is so insulting um okay
1: okay that was rude i saw that face too um so they're not so your character's not at the lesbian bar um but have they kissed obi-wan kenobi on the mouth
0: Yeah be so- no one gets eliminated <laughs> obi-wan couldn't be a part of this because like he's already been shipped with everyone so it wouldn't be interesting do you think that your character would be a good third host on this podcast
1: i mean it's very possible i don't think that they're a person that we would necessarily have on the podcast okay. i can't think of any like topic we would want them to come on for <laughs> okay <laughs> I'm so concerned for the characters that I still have.
0: Um, For a second, I totally just forgot who I picked, but I remember now. (laughs) That was really scary. I was like, oh, I might have to start making stuff up.
1: Was your character involved in Order 66? No. So interesting. So incredibly interesting as to who I have left right
0: now. (laughs) Would you consider your character to be a girl boss?
1: Yes. Okay. Okay. I'm going to guess. Is your character Hondo Onaka?
0: No. No. Okay. I, okay. I have another one, but I'm scared. Okay. Uh, let's see. Hmm. How am I supposed to narrow down the people that I have left is the question. (laughs) Do you think that your character would be like a big partier? Maybe like in high school,
1: definitely in high school, but like now like in the in the place that we last knew them no okay (laughs) is your character or a sing
0: no damn it we messed up we have messed up okay wait let me just go let me guess yours okay is it plocoon no is it ap5 nope is it satine no okay well i messed up somewhere too (laughs)
1: Okay. Who is your character?
0: Satine. Okay. Mine was Shakti. Okay. That is a sleigh. Wait, when did I remove her? I don't know when I removed her. Okay. Yeah. So Satine and, and Shakti. Oh my gosh.
1: Shaktine. I love Shakti. Oh, I love the idea of, of Obi-Wan being like, oh my gosh, I'm the first Jedi you fell in love with. And then Satine being like, well, actually there was this woman named Shakti. Do you know who that is? And Obi-Wan, because like him and Shakti are friends, Obi-Wan's just like, what? If your character was in the higher public era, either they've already been, they're already there or they had to go through the world between worlds to get there. Are they immediately kissing Ava Chris on the mouth? No. Okay.
0: Okay. Very interesting. <laughs> that is a very interesting concept though. <laughs> um there, there are some other characters who I think they would be kissing on the mouth, but that's a conversation for another time. Okay. Okay. Um if your character was brought into like like modern day earth here and I gave them like a really sour candy, would they like drop dead? No. Okay, so that was the most convoluted question, but like, we got, okay. So they would not drop dead. Okay, some of these bitches would be gone.
1: (laughs) Do you think Chopper would kiss Avar Chris in the mouth?
0: (laughs) I don't know. Your damn radio silence was so loud.
1: Your character is at the bar. Poe Dameron walks up to your character
0: are they kissing on the mouth <laughs> no okay okay if your character whatever timeline they live in if they actually lived at the same time and ran into ahsoka tano would ahsoka tano slap them across the face i think so i think so oh
1: my god he would so kiss but damn the on the face on the mouth on the face on the f- <laughs> you know what the face the mouth everywhere okay i have to go for an easier question Did your character fight in the Clone Wars?
0: Yeah. Oh, God. Okay, anyway. (laughs) If your person lived (laughs) in the High Republic, could they have stopped Martian Rowe?
1: Yes. Okay, well, actually, I feel like that's kind of a loaded question. I mean, yes. Okay, wait. Yes and no. Well, no, I'm going to say yes. No, I'm going to say yes. I'd say I'm going to say yes if a certain writer would maybe write it, you know? Is your character in some way no, okay. Is your character somebody that Anakin Skywalker would flirt with?
0: <laughs> well, I feel like it's not that funny. So now I'm so now I'm concerned. No. No. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just was like thinking about that happening and it's like the funniest thing ever. Okay, anyway. Um is
1: your character a jedi no see i would say is your character somebody that i would kiss on the mouth but literally everyone i have up right now i would kiss on the mouth so
0: oh no no let's just finish there <laughs> okay scared um okay this is like kind of a hint but i don't care i would kiss this for i would kiss i would i don't know how to say this to me. okay there is a point at which I would kiss this character on the mouth, and there's a point at which I would not. <laughs> okay, um,
1: anyways, has your character ever been a Jedi at any point?
0: Yeah, would you say that your character, like based on their romantic relationships in canon, has good taste? <laughs> no. <way. laughs> No, absolutely not, actually. Like, <gasps> so, no. Okay, like yeah, I'm, so no. I didn't do it down to, like, three people. And
1: <laughs> is your character Ahsoka Tano?
0: No. Sorry to get concerned here. Um, okay, I'm gonna guess. Is it Lorna D?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Who is your character?
0: <laughs> it's Craig Dooku. No! I don't even have it. I don't oh even yeah, have it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Lorna, I'm so sorry. Lorna, you deserve at so least, much At least he's better than Panada. Like, at least you're making, at least you're improving. Lorna D and Craig Dooku. This is so bad. This is so dark. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, here's, here's what happened. Lorna D tells, Lorna D gives Craig Dooku a copy of Tempest Runner. And he reads it and he's mm-hmm. like, oh my god, Oppo Rancisis, man, I hate that guy. And she's like, oh my god, me too. And then that's what they bond over. Because that's... there's literally nothing else that they could possibly like be connecting over. <laughs>
1: no, that's no. I think awful. I think literally the only the only outcome that this could happen, the only way this is the outcome is like. Lorna accidentally gets shot through the world between worlds <laughs> and like ends up at
0: Craig's house <laughs> and, and Duca's like I don't know what to do with you. Do <laughs> hey, you know what I'm saying when I said that like there's a point at which I would kiss Duku on the mouth? And- no I don't
1: because I would literally never would.
0: Well never mind then. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like when are you thinking? Like like, Dooku Jedi Lost era? Like, Padawan Craig? You're disgusting. Well, now I don't want to say.
0: Because I hate you. Judged. All I- I'm saying, mm-hmm. his voice in Dooku Jedi Lost, but like... But like, nothing. Like but like nothing.
1: Okay, pick your next character.
0: <laughs> I'm starting to taste throw up in my mouth. I'm sorry, I would never steal him from his boyfriend, Saifu so true. <laughs> Anakin, actually, I'm obsessed with him. Anyway, Stan Duku Jedi Lost. Let's start off with the classic. Is your
1: character in a polycule with Obi-Wan Kenobi?
0: No. If your character like got down on one knee and proposed to you right now, would you say yes?
1: Yes. Would your character be besties with Cantham
0: Yeah. In your opinion, does your character identify as bisexual? Um, absolutely.
1: Did your character ever fight for the rebellion slash resistance?
0: No. Has your character been, like, featured prominently in a novel, like, more than just a background one-shot character?
1: Nope. I could change that. Is your char- has your character ever had a conversation with Yoda?
0: Yeah, probably. Would your character kiss Eli Banto on the mouth?
1: No, I don't think so. Okay, I don't think
0: I don't think they would. The
1: characters that I have up right now, I
0: just don't know.
1: I just don't know.
0: Um,
1: has your character ever met Lula Talisola?
0: Yeah. Has your character ever been an antagonist?
1: No. Is your character Stellan Geos?
0: Yes. Yes. <laughs> Do you want to guess who mine is? I haven't narrowed down the two. Is it Trilla? No. Is it Chopper? Yeah.
1: <laughs> this is not my favorite game ever. Stellan, Geos, and Chopper. So I already know how it works. Well, Wait, we need we... to
0: edit them, like, going on. And...
1: <laughs> okay, so Stellan, Geos, spoilers for The Falling Star, um, is going is going down. Starlight Beacon, The impact is so powerful, it rips open the world between worlds. Stellan Geos is wandering through the world between worlds and here's this little voice and it is Chopper. And he's like, oh my gosh, Ch- this is such a cute droid. And then Chopper's like, oh my gosh, you kind of remind me of this Jedi that once came to Ryloth when I was there because I'm a war veteran and um, his name is Obi-Wan Kenobi and everyone was in love with him, but I was not in love with him. And then someone
0: and was like, maybe you're in love with me, though, and then they fell in love. I, you thought of that too quickly. <laughs> like, it was concerning. Like, I feel like you already had that all planned out.
1: Um, I did not have that all planned out. That was all off the top of my head. But any situation okay. with copper in it, I can make up on a, a fly.
0: Okay, but, like, Kevin Scott did write Damn, <laughs> I hate you and so much. Both, and they're both audio dramas. Hmm, coincidence? Yes, I don't think so. Don't think so. <laughs> Kevin Scott, if you're listening, um, please. I'm so
1: sorry what Claire Thomas. has done with your words. Please speak on you this.
0: <laughs> we need a statement today. Today, Shock and Satine and Thornady and Dooku and chopper and Stellan all got sent to the ship ascendancy yes they did <laughs> thank you so much for listening to fulcrum transmissions please feel free to send us questions you can dm them to us on twitter instagram or tiktok if you enjoy our podcast please leave us a rating on apple podcast and spotify we'd really appreciate it once again thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed this episode